NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. You know, Joe Beaver uh, may be the wittiest guy in rodeo on a microphone, <laughs> yes. and, and he's mm-hmm. and he's getting even better. Yeah. But but he says, you know, you work at rodeo on uh, from the neck down, mm. and you win from the neck up. I see. And, yeah. and and that's that's where you put the finishing touch on it. NFR Extra, episode ninety three. As we march towards our one hundredth episode. We dig back into our NFR Extra vault with an episode loaded with 16 gold buckles and two Hall of Famers. Rockin' Robbie Hodges and I hang out with eight-time world champion bull rider Donnie Gay talks about the mental and physical challenges of repeating as a world champion bull rider and eight-time world champ Joe Beaver shares his record rookie run when NFR came to Las Vegas, retirement, and his transition to television. Enjoy our conversation with Joe Beaver and Donnie Gay. In Las Vegas, December can only mean one thing. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. The NFR is the culmination for the top contestants in the world seeking to share the $10 million purse and the coveted gold buckle. For fans, Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world with the NFR experience, which features Cowboy Christmas, the Junior World Finals, nonstop entertainment, custom viewing parties, and so much more. Follow all the action at nfrexperience.com. Great moments, great champions, great memories. There's only one NFR, there is only one Vegas. Hey y'all, I'm Cody Johnson, and you're joining us right here on NFR Extra. Don Gay, born September 18, 1953 in Mesquite, Texas, grew up in a rodeo family son of PRCA stock contractor and Hall of Famer, Neil Gay. He began riding steers at age six and had an association permit before finishing high school. Gay has held the record with eight bull riding world titles. Experts in the sport have called him the greatest bull rider of all time. He holds the record for the third highest marked ride in the history of professional rodeo, earning 97 points on the famous RSC Bull Oscar at the Cow Palace in San Francisco in 1977. Donnie Gay, eight-time world champ, and Donnie Gay, welcome to the show. Good morning. Your voice is good? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be working so hard. I mean, mine's fine. Yeah. So, Donnie, thanks for coming on the show. We've heard your name a lot here. You know, when we refer to things like, you know, the multiple champions and kind of the record you've set, how's it been this, this run of Vegas of 35 years that you've seen and been a big part from competing to being behind the scenes, on the camera, on the mic? This is the, the, the best rodeo uh, that the... Uh, pro rodeo has to offer um if you if you even think you're a rodeo fan uh come spoil yourself at the national finals rodeo and you don't actually have to even get into the thomas and mac with uh, w- with the the uh, upgrades and technology 
um, some of the the, the hotel uh, viewing parties, like at the Orleans, uh, hosted by Justin Rumford, the board gaming group. We, you can enjoy this rodeo in so many settings; it's not even funny. And you know, my last year uh, to qualify for national finals was 1985, the first year it moved out here, and uh, they doubled the money from Oklahoma City and. Uh, it was $5 in a cab from the Thomas and Mac to <laughs> Benny Binion's and $5 for the best steak in the world. And, uh, uh, gosh, we thought uh, we'd died and gone to heaven. The the difference from Oklahoma City to here, it was a chore, and everybody doubted it. That's all we've heard all week is, is how, how the, the doubt was. Oh, y'all can't believe, you oh. know, I can't believe y'all have done this. You've ruined the sport of rodeo. You know, it'll never be the same. Boy, they were wrong because this, this entire thing's changed. Well, and, and – to even further that, the accomplishment that uh, Benny Binion, Bill Boyd, and Sean Davis those those three were key. Now a lot of a lot of moving parts. Michael Gon's been here, and and you know from from way before day one, and and so you you had you know the movers and shakers in Las Vegas, and as lo- we knew if we came out here, as long as they stayed with stayed hooked for the rodeo it was going to be successful but now let me uh, you know just you can go back and and find the video and and i think it's all actually all in color from 85 on but <laughs> you you go back and look uh, friday saturday and sunday because it used to start on a friday and end yeah. on sunday yeah remember that okay so uh friday saturday sunday uh, grandstands were packed you know, you if you had season tickets in Oklahoma City, you had season tickets out here as long as you re-upped. The, the first year, all of the stock contractors, the ones that get uh, cussed a lot, well, uh, they didn't have any choice. They were forced by the association to buy their tickets to, to come out here. And nice. so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was full. But uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, we could have started a better fight behind the shoots than they could have in the grandstand. <laughs> really? Yeah. And and yeah. Uh, you know, so so it wasn't just a slam dunk. This this uh, you know, when I hear people say, "Oh well, uh, when we moved from uh, Outdoor Channel or from RFD at one point, um, well, we got to go to." Uh, CBS Sports uh, to reach more people. Well, uh, and I, I said, reach more. Does it reach more people if they're not watching? And and uh, uh, nobody, you know, you kind of get the blank look stare. And and guess what? You're not preaching to the choir. The choir is the one that invites somebody that's a CBS Sports fan that loves right. volleyball or yep. loves hockey or loves basketball that preempted us the other day. And and uh, mm-hmm. those kind of things, um, the choir is the one that invites that sports nut to come share a rodeo with them, and maybe you create a fan. And you do rodeo just like you do in business. You you create one at a time. Yep. And then, and then they'll stick with you forever. You see all them old gray and bald heads in the grandstands every night. They wouldn't. They won't miss it. You know, the other thing too is that along this way, by utilizing the right folks within broadcasts or whatever that promotes the business of rodeo, the more that people meet, the more the people that start to understand, the more that they care. And if they, if you get them to care, there you go. They're yeah. going to come. Well said. Yeah. 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 I want to go back because you brought it up. We're going back to the '80s. Where did you stay for the first couple of years in Vegas? 
the street is still there, and so am I. There you the, go. The Hacienda. Yes. Uh, the Hacienda Hotel. Had, they were the host hotel for the Bull Riders, and you know, because every hotel had an event. Right. Uh, you know, for the for the sponsors. That's how they. That's how they began their their quest. It was uh, just a lot of fun. I, when when you when when I drive by, you know, going down Arvilla, you you go by all these things, and and it's changed, but it's still the same. It's uh, you know, it's like. Uh, you know, the the shirts in my closet have changed from <laughs> from the seventies and then the eighties and nineties. That, that there's evolution, and uh, that's not really change. That's progress. One of the beautiful part about Vegas is, you know, when you think about like sometimes people outgrow things and things just you get too much more and you can't handle. Since the eighties, we stay within our our lanes of. And I'm just making this up for those that come to Vegas, but Sahara, the Tropicana. You know, it really hasn't got. I mean, South Point's out there, but I mean, my point is, is that. We just reinvent, right? You just you brought up Hacienda. Well, what is that now? The the, the whole thing is. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I was uh, on the board of directors, and our our meetings was uh, they, they were at the Sahara the first year, and then um, uh, the Riviera the next year, and you know, and Ricky and the Red Streaks were there, and yes. you know, and so that was a good uh, run, wasn't well, it? Well, you know, we had we had fun. Uh, you know, we start talking about the seventies and eighties. My head starts itching. You know, my hair's going to grow again. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> what about Oscar? I've heard the name with stock contractors coming to talk. I heard the name Oscar. Yeah. And that seems to be synonymous with you. Um, we, we had a great run, and, and Oscar was uh, pretty beneficial to me. I, I, had, I drew him in competition five times uh, over, the, over the years. First time he was ever ridden was in 1974 by John Davis, who was my traveling partner at the time. Nice. And uh, he basically was, uh, he just wouldn't let go. He was bucked off at Salinas, but he wouldn't let go, and he still won first place. Um, <laughs> off the side? Uh, on the side, yeah. <laughs> hanging off the side? I wasn't there, but that's what I was told. I was in Cheyenne because I hadn't, done, hadn't drawn very well, and the, the bull herds weren't as deep. And so you didn't, you know, you... You couldn't, it didn't matter what your ability level was. Sometimes you just drew where you weren't going to win, and so I didn't go to Salinas, but, uh, and I missed that ride, but uh, it would have been pretty special because uh, the first year I went to the National Finals Rodeo, uh, Bob Cook, of uh, Rodeo Stock Contractors, uh, had Oscar there was his headline bull, but he had six other bulls there. He had seven wow. head of bulls there, and I drew every one of them, and the good news was is I was uh, just – not quite 19 years old, and those bulls were all little inbred Brammer Cross bucking oh, bulls. Brammer. That, you know that add, that, you know that averaged about 1,350, 1,400 pounds. And they were small uh, in comparison. I mean, because I mean everybody had gargantuan giants back then. <laughs> And big brindles with baseball bats for horns, and nice. and uh, you know five of them uh, were bucking son of a guns, and uh, and the other ten uh, they could have doubled as the arena police. <laughs> I, I say all of this to all those bulls were little, and I was I rode every one of them, and they had great records coming from California. They were yeah. you know four or five of the seven had never had an eight second ride on them. Well, you know time they time they left all but Oscar in 72 had an eight second ride on them and, wow. and uh, mm. but I drew them cuz they were little and and uh, they fit my style. The other ones wouldn't have, so I won third in the average um, uh, in, in the my first NFR, but Oscar was one of those ones that uh, pushed me. He he bucked me and my brother Pete both off that year in 72 at the oh, really? NFR. He bucked me off again um in the 70, I believe the 73 NFR, might have been a little later than that. Um, 
And then I wrote him for the first time at Angels Camp, California in 1975. I was 88 points and uh, uh, won the bull riding there. And that was, that was pretty special because we, we had just mm-hmm. left Las Vegas and stayed a week in Winnemucca and then drove to, to Angels Camp, California, and we were broke. I mean, zero. <laughs> so money. poverty grip had a lot to do with you riding Oscar, didn't yeah, it? You're holding I, tell you, I, I tell you what, <laughs> uh, it was one. Of, it was one of those. It, it was. A, it was really a thank you Jesus moment because hanging on wasn't going to work on Oscar. You just had to be in the right spot, and and, right. and I happened to get there. Um, that was the fun part. Uh, and then I rode him again at the Cow Palace in, in 1977. Two years after that, uh, this bull started coming to the national finals in 1970. There's gracious. no bulls do that. Ever wow. today, no. maybe maybe four years in a row, but he was he was a, a, a stayer. Seventy seven, uh, uh, I was ninety seven points on him, uh, but the Angels Camp ride it was much better. That's yeah. that judging and the point scoring and right that is human nature and it's which girls are prettiest. It just depends on who's looking. Absolutely, and I like know, that. for, for well, your, that's the nature for, of it. For your though. scores, as yeah. long as you get first, second, third, fourth, and fifth right. Uh, who sp- who rode the toughest bull the best? Then then judging becomes fairly easy. If you are sitting in your room and you can't sleep and you go to social media, I have never seen since I've been in this business with Facebook and everything more couch judges than oh my goodness, about last man. you know we with Sage in the ninety four and all oh, they're jacking up the scores and everything. People, it's not nineteen eighty four. You don't want to see a bull riding getting won by eighty points. You well, yeah. I don't know that yeah. you don't want to see a bull riding getting won by eighty points as long as the places are right. And so I challenge everybody that does Facebook, you know, you, you yeah. really should. And, and I'm one to talk. Me too. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you really shouldn't uh, be too argumentative um, uh, until you're in the position. If you've, if you've judged, if you've been to the national finals, mm-hmm. if you've qualified, okay, and you survived, you can gripe a little. If you've judged the national finals rodeo and been a contestant, um, you're an expert. And if you're a judge now and not ever qualified for the national finals, but you've gone through the professional judging protocol, you are an expert. It's your opinion. And people have no idea. They don't take into consideration. I mean, you know, they, they, they'd worry about picking which girls are prettiest at the prom more than they. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and this is just what this is. You, you can get nervous about anything, about any decision you're going to make that's, that's going to be real impactful. Just sit back, have your opinions. The same thing happens in pro sports. Everything, right? I mean, pass interference was it? Yes, and so they didn't really lose it. They could have won had that call not went down, but they did. Instant replay really has hurt all sports. The the call on the field nine times out of ten, or ninety nine out of a hundred, or nine million out of ten million call on the field is the best call because it's all in context of what he's been doing all week long. And that, that stuff never changes. But what's changed is our world has been over-lawyered, um, in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's, totally what's really changed is you got to fine if, if, uh, if you're ugly, if you say something ugly to the judge. Uh, and, and if social media were around uh, in the 60s or 70s, and you'd have said, that judge is Whoa, the man. stupidest <laughs> SOB I've ever seen, you'd get your butt kicked yeah. up and down the street. That The judge would be uh, exonerated right because he'd beat the tar out of you. Exactly. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the way you did it back in the day, my daddy said, don't say anything to the judges. He said, uh, Unless you're, he said, if you win second and you're supposed to win first, don't say a word. If you win second 
and and you're supposed to win fourth, don't say a word. He said, if you're supposed to win first and you don't place, beat the hell out of the judge. <laughs> so what you're saying that, is just how, too much policing. done. Yeah, yeah, too much policing yeah, going on. It yeah. is, and, and yeah. these these opinions, and like, and like you just said, it's a split decision. I mean, it's a split second. I mean, they have, if you'll notice, those scores come up as fast. I mean, they call them and then write them down. So a guy, it, it's fast. Yeah, it's, There's it's, a lot of motions involved there. It's coming up. You know, right off of the box on the computer, but but the pure fact is, is they're the ones that have the weight and responsibility of uh, uh, life changing events uh, for somebody winning the all around championship. Let's just let's just pick one. Uh, Butch Kirby, the oh, 1978 yeah. world champion mm. bull rider. You don't think he doesn't want it in his mind to be absolutely perfect? He's not going to cheat anybody. They the the mark out. I. I could take or leave the markout rule because I believe uh, that, that the markout rule was instituted uh, not because it makes the horse tougher to ride. It sets up your ride and really is a help. Uh, the the markout rule uh, was designed uh, to eliminate people. You got a hundred bronc riders at, at Cheyenne back in the day when they snubbed them up, didn't have bucking shoots. You got a hundred guys uh, that that are in the competition and only. Four or two or three or how, how many ever places they're going to pay. That's all it's going to win. What are you going to do with all those guys when they all ride a similar yeah. animal? Yeah, and everybody. What yeah. you what you going to do? That's just my opinion. I could take it or leave it because if you don't mark your horse out properly, you're a jump and a half from you're catching yeah, from catching up. And yeah. with these judges out here, Mister, you miss one lick. I don't care if you rode sipping velvet. You know, uh, seven yeah. seconds, good. You're just barely going to play, see if any. This is NFR Extra, and our guest today, eight-time world champion bull rider, Donnie Gay. We will return after the break. NFR Extra follows cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Brylan Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, with a re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. Hi, I am Benny Butler, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer Donnie Gay is here on NFR Extra. Their styles. You mentioned you had a different style. What was your style? And ex- kind of explain that, and we can jump into someone else's of like where we can get a good correlation of what's happening today. Jerome Robinson and I started um, moving the free arm more um, Back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Jim Shoulders uh, w- would say, you know, you're just hamming it up, you know, make it, <laughs> making it look tougher than it really is, that sort of thing. <laughs> but I didn't like taking a hold of them with my feet and, and, and leaning away from my hand just a little <laughs> bit on the rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was more of, of being along for the ride, in my, like in a bareback riding is today with those riggings. Yeah, uh, yeah. The riggings uh, are, are ridiculous, and, and it hurts the bareback riders, but they're not going to change because – they're winning, making a living with them right yeah, the way they are sense, right yeah, now. Yeah. And, and you know that. And they, you've seen yeah. them, you've seen them evolve. Yeah. But I think they're too hard on, you know, the, the horses and the cowboys, just my opinion. Right. But the pure fact is you could have bareback riders ride with a main holt, and the best bareback riders are going to wind up being a world champion. They'll figure out a way to be 
competitive and, and the winners are going to continue to win. Uh, Sage Kimsey uh, makes 99% of them or 98% of them look really easy and gosh, he just kind of had a day off and, yeah. and, and you you start kind of hating on him cause he's rest, you know, he's making so much money and this, that, <laughs> and the other until he bucks off or, or, you know, one shakes him loose and he's really got to put it out. He's got all that in the gas tank. And, yeah. and uh, that's why I say he's the best bull rider on the planet right yeah. now. Yeah, But it does make sense when you start to understand style and the consistency of things. Yeah. If you're looking flaring all over for the Joe public out there, like, Oh my God, look like an awesome ride. Right. I mean, just the way it looked aesthetically. But at the end of the day, when you boil it down, it was no different than the other guy. Just, just riding the bull, basically you just know, holding his core down. When, when you have the conversations of who rides them easier, well, that's kind of a silly conversation yeah, in my estimation. Right. Yeah. You know, but the pure fact is, you you ride them when it means something. Yeah. Uh, anybody can make a three foot putt on the practice, uh, you know, on the putting green, yep. you know, to, to go practice. But if it's a three footer downhill and and sitting on a side hill and it's for the U.S. Open and you know ten yeah. million dollars, that hole shrinks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you went on runs, right? You did four in a row, three in a row, and then you wrapped that one up. When you're set up and you're doing your business and you have your goals and you have your self-respect and, and you have your plan for your life because life's about choices, got to make good ones, and uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, yeah. uh, doesn't cut it. You have to be moving forward or you're moving backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you can look at the NFR list over the last uh, five or six years, and, and I didn't realize he wasn't here. I, <laughs> Where's he at? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and and was just a few years ago. You're hating on him. He wins everything. Judges are marking him too high because his style's too. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then where is he? This business is tough. I had an advantage going in. My daddy started the Mesquite Rodeo when I was five years old, and so I grew up with Jim Shoulders, the oh. the greatest of all time. Yes, yeah. um, I grew up uh, him being yeah. my second father. I uh, went to the first NFR in 1959. I was looking through the rail, but That's I was awesome. there. Right um, Dallas? In Dallas, Texas. Wow. Okay, so this business, um, you, you have to be moving forward yep. or you're moving backwards. When I wanted to be the world champion bull rider, I didn't know how many times, and I didn't know when. I didn't know if what am I going to do after I'm a world champion bull rider. My dream had stopped there. Those world championships... Um, and in 78, Butch won the world. Mm-hmm. There's never been a bad world champion. Has it always been the right world champion? Couch judges, speak up. There's your kid. There's, There's your, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, so the, oh gosh, it's the all. The is lit up right now. Yeah. So, so, it's all, so, it's all, so, so it's all perception <laughs> on whoever's yeah. having the, the thought. And, and so I win my uh, uh, world titles. The, the, they changed the rules in 76, so. I won it both ways in 76. I won it both ways in 77 after the stinking ride-off because they didn't know you could wind up tied, they being the PRCA. Yeah. Um, so we had a ride-off, um, and I won it then. And then Butch won first, and I won second. I won 30000 more dollars than he did. Never been a bad world champion. I said at the time, you know, just not the right one because I was saying it. It was mm-hmm. my perception right. I should have been. But then again, I thought, okay, they changed the rules. That's a good excuse. But it's still an excuse. Yeah. Get your butt out there and get you another. And, and, and yep. so you and you, you go right on. And so getting to number seven is Ooh. is is where Sage was at is at because it's because it's hard. After the eighty one world championship, mm-hmm. my next one don't come till eighty four. 
I'm hurt. I'm out. Dr. Evans and when I, the, he, Tandy Freeman first came on the scene, um, my groin muscles were so, were so damaged that they just told me I should get a job. So the, the, after the second bull of the 82 NFR, I was trying to beat Charlie Sampson and couldn't get on the rest of my bulls. Oh, man. I was hurt. And I, I was taped from, you know, my, my titties to my toes, and it still didn't hurt. <laughs> right. And uh, um, I had to quit. You talk about feel like you got the rug jerked out from under you. So 82, 83, I'm, you know, hashtag where's Donnie, but we didn't have hashtags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so I'm, I'm working the labor list at Mesquite, Texas is what I was doing. Wow. And um, uh, I'd put on riding schools and, and basically Kept just busy. working on trying to make a living, making yeah. the payments. I was friends with Malcolm Baldridge, was Secretary of Commerce. We talked about during, him the other day. During yeah. Ronald Reagan era, and we had a private rodeo for him where Charlie Sampson like got killed in Landover, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And uh, they invited me to come and ride. I had roped in the team roping, uh, semi with, with Mac Baldridge. And, nice. you know, we, we, were, we were buds, and I had a friend of mine. Uh, that was one of the head Secret Service agents in the White House. So it was kind of a fun deal, and I thought, I mean, Terry would go up there, and I was going to get to meet Louis L'Amour. He was getting the Congressional Medal, and he's my hero. I read nice. every book he's ever written more than once. And and so I told Terry, I said, I'll just enter the bull riding, and, and uh, we'll, we'll go. I, she said, well, you hadn't been on anything in a year and a half, and I and I said, well, guy can stand anything for eight seconds, oh, you know. Gosh. And so um, well, we went back there, and I had a little little white bull that just jumped out there and, you know, spun into my hand, and I rode him, spurred him around a little bit. And when the whistle blew, I tipped my hat and stepped mm-hmm. off, and, and uh, that was kind of fun. And George Michael was doing a show called The Sports Machine. Oh, was I grew up watching that. Okay, so yeah. really, it's a precursor to Sports Center, basically. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said – Sunday nights, I remember. He, he's, he yeah. said uh, – uh, you know, the bull obviously wasn't real, real tough, he said, but uh, <laughs> how do you feel there, champ? And I said, I feel good enough uh, to go win number eight now. Yeah. Enough, wow. with, enough, enough with the excuses. And um, uh, I started at Brawley, California, and won mm-hmm. first, and, you know, in Hobima, uh, uh, Canada. Uh, that was right uh, during Christmas. And uh, uh, so I, I got after it. But I'll t- tell you this. My seventh world title, I was – beat smithereens mm. and and i hurt uh, it was it was a relief to tie jim's shoulders and if i never won another dime yeah i was i was tickled to death because he's my hero yeah that's and, awesome and so i get the opportunity and that was really hard i mean uh, you think it's hard to win and those judges remember this perception thing so all mm-hmm. during the year you can have some judges that are tired of Sage winning and want to see Stetson win the all-around. And, and, you know, right. So they're not cheating, yeah. you know, but if there's an extra point that you can get mm-hmm. or if there's a point that, well, Sage is a five-time champ of the world, he shouldn't have got in trouble like that, tipping <laughs> his hand that one jump. You know, so that point comes away. and But this is all subconscious. This is yeah, not malicious at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, this is part of I'm the sure there may be a malicious one or two out there, but, you know, you just yeah. don't have to enter that rodeo. Right. Find right. out where he's at. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the, but, the, but the thing that that, uh, that that amazes, you know, me is when I think back, I mean, I rode S7 of Savage 7 at Denver um, in a short go and, and won Denver, made some really good rides, but obviously – um, at the, in 1984, I wasn't riding probably as, as tough as I was in 1979. Yeah. 
and I ride a really good bull. Everything's working just fine. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I had to win first by 10 points, it felt like sometimes, to get the first place check nice. to win that seventh world title. When I got the opportunity to go to, to win the eighth world title, I could just send my shaps in and get a check sometime, it seemed like. Because, you know, that because everybody, all, yeah. every, everybody wanted me to win. Right. I had just, I had been gone from the scene. I mean, in this business, as you well know, um, they love you while you're here. You are a very confident individual, and you'll share information exactly what you do. But what's really cool is you also amplify the others around you. I mean, you're, it's the respect of the sport, you know, and, and where you may feel how you feel and other ways feel that that. The one thing I noticed with all y'all, you ain't bigger than the sport, and you like you respect. Within your event, what you can do, you believe in you're the greatest, and you have to. You there's To be a champion, you have to be like that because otherwise you ain't a champion. It's the same. Yeah. Winning, you know, Joe Beaver... Uh, may be the wittiest guy in rodeo on a microphone <laughs> yes. and, and he's mm-hmm. and he's getting even better yeah. but but he says you know you work at rodeo on uh from the neck down mm. and you win from the neck up nice and yeah. and and that's that's where you put the finishing touch on it you yeah. better believe well, it. Thank, thank you sir Donnie. for coming on Donnie enjoy Gale. your cigars yeah. <laughs> i will <laughs> all right welcome to nfr 360 where the nfr experience comes to life This portal transports you to an immersive visual experience encapsulating the stories and history of the NFR experience. You can find memorable highlights and documentaries as well as short videos filled with the stories about current and legendary contestants and the inside scoop on how to experience the Wrangler NFR during the 10 days and year-round. Find NFR360 at nfrexperience.com. Hello everyone, this is Benji Bendeley. Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Music Director, and this is NFR Extra. At 20 years old, Beaver won the PRCA Resist All Rookie of the Year Award and qualified for his first career NFR in Las Vegas. Beaver was the youngest tie-down roper in the 1985 NFR, but that didn't scare him away. After the 10 rounds, the Thomas Mack Center was given the nickname the house that Joe built after winning his first of eight gold buckles at the famous arena. Between 1985 and 2000, Beaver won five tie-down titles and three world championship all-around crowns while qualifying for 22 NFRs in Las Vegas. Joe Beaver, welcome to the show, Joe. Man, I'm glad to be here. You were one of six rookies to win the, the world yeah. coming into the game. I really didn't realize that until we were talking about Haven Medjit the yep. other day, and mm-hmm. they and they said it's been a while. I said it's probably been a while since that happened. Somebody said, "Yeah, you, yeah, you know." And I, I that's an elite field. That's that's one of those things that you know they don't take away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of weird because I burned. I had a, a rig catch fire and burn down in like maybe eighty seven, mm-hmm. and I think I'd already won the title twice. And the first thing my dad asked me was, he said, "Did you get your rookie buckle out of there?" Because you know back then, hell, I lived in truck and camper and wherever yep. I stopped, you know, and I. Said, said uh, it's melted in the dash but i got it and i said why he said because that's the only time you get to win that buckle and that first year buckle that world championship buckle he said but you know surely you'll win more but you need those two you need to keep those two that's, and i and i've kept those two what forever. a cool thing yeah, yeah i never thought of bet. it that way but he knew that your only rookie wants to win it you only get a chance to win a world championship as a rookie the pressure of winning the first time out right you got to build to something but you did it right away what was going through your mind to think that and and look i clearly understand cowboys have utmost confidence in what they can do. Mm-hmm. 
what was going through your head coming out of that season? Oh, world. It, it, it about ruined me <laughs> because, you know, I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, when I rodeoed, I had a good time. Young, single, free, fun, you know. Oh, man. And I remember I wanted to, the first year, I'll back up a little bit. I didn't even have my card, my, my permit in 80, I'm in 84. I was going to the IPRA rodeos and the amateurs, you know. Well, I was doing good in those, but back then, you couldn't have a card and a permit. Mm. Right. IPRA, this, it took all my points away. So I didn't have nothing else to do. And my wife, my, and my wife, the girlfriend's time, and my mother, they just said, well, get your permit and fill it and try them. I'm like, I'm not ready to go to the pro rodeos. Mm. So I did, and then I went to rookie, win the world. Well, the next year, I'm just rolling and going and roping and having a big time. And I remember I was home, and uh, our year used to not be over remember till uh, Halloween, uh, right. November 1st. Oh, gotcha. And okay. I was home in September in South Texas, and, and you know, just turned out some rodeos. I got tired of going. I'm just going to fly home for a while. And my dad said, back then, of course, you know, you didn't get the emails or the updates, or you didn't get online, see so who was in the top, <laughs> whatever. And he comes in one day, and he throws a sports news down there and I was sitting there on the couch watching TV and then I said I said is that a new one he said yeah you seen the new sports news lately and I said no he said we well, might check that out he said because it's September and you're not in the top 20 <laughs> and I looked at him and I said kidding me he said no he said, oh you might gosh. ought to figure out that you got to rope and win again. I said, well, I just figured after last year they'd invite me back. And he yeah. said, no, they're not going to do that. <laughs> it's not so worked that way. I'm going to tell you, that first year in 86, after I won all that in 85, I barely made the finals. I mean, I busted it right there at the end. But it was a wake-up call, I think, that I carried through the rest of my career. Mm. That, hey, it's a thank you today. What are you going to do for me tomorrow? Yeah. Sport, and it, it woke me up. Uh, we huh? talked about your first win. Clearly, that was in Thomas Mack Center. Thomas and Mack. The house that Joe built. Yeah, yeah. they've remodeled that son of a gun a few times yeah. but it, it feels good you know and like I said I, I I had fun and you know I did I was I wasn't no Casey Tibbs but I mean I wasn't no you know dead dread guy on the street I had fun right. and they used me for stuff yeah. and the Thomas and Mac was good to me and you know I remember the first year it was a big deal you know it, oh it's a small venue you know oh it's in Vegas oh you know well I didn't care I made the finals I, and they asked me in an interview one day what do you think about it I said man for I think the rounds paid I don't know six seven thousand or something back then I saw in the parking lot for that much money. I don't oh gosh, care. Yes. So it, it yeah. can we Thomas and Mac and I kind of grew together, you know. Nice. Going from these big fields, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, all of a sudden you come to this like little tiny arena compared to what you were, you know, you yeah. were, or, or land, I guess. Yep. How did that change the game for you? Man, I loved it. Because oh, nice. I went to a wintertime rodeo down there in, in Texas, Simonson, Texas, all mm-hmm. winter. And it was a little bitty <laughs> building just like this. And then I went to the IRA rodeos before I was. The Longhorns. You bet the, you, Longhorns yeah. back east. I went to all the little buildings, you know. I so yeah. when I backed up in here that first night, I was like, oh, man, they're just playing in my head. Man at Auburn Hills. Yeah, this it, is yeah. no different to me. You yeah. know, I didn't, it didn't mean anything. I mean, it did mean somebody made the yeah. national finals. But still, I mean, I roped for money. And, and I thought, well, this is cool. They've eliminated this and this and this. And, you know, I'm going to have fun. So yeah, he, he also talked about, about with yeah. That, yeah. small and like practicing in a little place. Yeah, and I mean, I grew up doing that. Yeah, Yeah. did it every week. Honestly, more fan-friendly. Because, you know, everywhere you sit in there, you can see the action, and you feel like you're a part of it. And if you're being threes in the steer wrestling, and seven in the tie down, and four in the team rope, and instead of being out in the middle of a big arena, and being, you know, five in the steer wrestling, or what, fans know fast 
action, fast pace. Do they like to see a handoff and a guy run, you know, 30 yards for a touchdown or step back and throw the bomb and a guy make yeah. a, you know, one, yep. unbelievable catch? A do or die. Yeah, yeah they yeah. feel like they're part of it. So I think it was a great time for Rodeo to bring it inside, to make it more fan-friendly and to step up our game. Yeah. And even to buck and stop. You know, Joel's I do, Rob, you put one in a smaller, they're going to buck because yeah, they, they can't go as far. Everything yeah. You know, it and sure that does. made it better for the rough stock events for for the guys not you know the draw being better now look now 30 years later they've got that rough stock down they've bred them to buck and it's but back then it was different Nobody ever says, well, we were so high, we couldn't see nope, the action. No, And I've been at the top doing the TV, like you said, where yeah. you go to the very top, yep. you know. And here, here's the deal, I think, to me, and you hear this, we hear it all the time. Well, they need to build a bigger, they need to seat more. No, they're they're filling up 17000 a night. Yep. That's 180000 almost in 10 days. Correct. It's a lot better to yep. be full than to be big and be scattered. Absolutely. 100%. I think that I think they're do I think they've just made the right move. I'm just gonna add this to anybody that's out there listening and when we're talking about the intimacy of the, the seating. Mm-hmm. I just wanna add this. One of my favorites, if you guys ever got to sit in the dugouts, which are like Right next to by the camera baskets. Oh, the pits. Yeah, yep. pits. You feel like it's like uh, Rome because you you know you're sitting right over there and you're looking you know, up down you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But yep. like that feel, you see everything. And what's even more so, you may be sitting down and hey, trust me, down in the plaza, that's the premium seating, yeah. right? However, if you're a true fan, you're able to see up above and see. The breakdown of what it's almost like watching a football from a pie, right? The mm-hmm. high camera. You can see the breakdown of the play. You can see everything kind of where you faltered, where you did well. Yep. You can see everything real quick. Yes, you and, can. Uh, yeah, the Thomas Maxson's views are amazing. It, it really is. So um, let's let's dive off into something that's always been cool with me with this uh, with your with the tie down roping. And it's always calf roping. I don't yeah, care. I know, it's it's going to be calf roping yeah, for the rest I know, of my life. I'm with you. It's like, I'm with you. It's like Bush series in the race, and it's not the Xfinity. You're, you know, I'm going to call it what well, it is. Hold on. I, I got to ask a question. So is it tie down to avoid using the word calf? Yes. Yeah, is that what it is? It's, yeah, okay. it, I guess it is. They, yes. they're Clearly, I to, didn't know that, but yeah. it makes sense. It's, right. it's like it's like a, a Michelob Ultra, you yeah. know, still beer. <laughs> yeah, barely. <laughs> barely, but, but it's it, beer. It covers, but, no. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad Joe coming. You know how funny it is? to get to like we were talking about right before the show mm-hmm. started not jump off subject but joe and i were sitting in here and we were just visiting because the only time he and i'm good friends so the only time i ever get to see him is when he's coiling his rope or he's pushing cattle yep. out or something we slap five and he's, hey kid cat where you at i'll see you in a little bit you know when he's got to go and i gotta go yeah. we, we had 15 minutes just to visit and i think that's that's the beauty part of the national finals that they need to keep capitalizing on yep. is keep these guys and girls out there in front of the people so they can just be themselves yeah, yeah. and then they get to know it's just like me i did a deal you know Dalen swearingen you know you i knew his dad i knew him his brother come to my open schools but it's nice and like I told him while I go the more you win the more they're going to want you to talk but you got to take your time to have your friends too and talk yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's just like when we used to go to the tour rodeos that's what's so cool about them yep. I'd hang out you know with if it was Miles Hare fighting or whatever we'd all go to the bar after or whatever or go get something to eat Man. and you get to mix with every aspect of rodeo yep. and it's like Robbie he's at the rodeo he's got three things on his mind one the rodeo two the crowd three the committee us, we don't have time to hang yeah, or visit because when he's through with the rodeo, he's got something else to do with with those three. Yeah, and then it's time to get away from those three. That's true. You know, so that's what makes it cool to do things I like this. One that brings people together. And the other, so the other thing I think that's happened in Vegas, and this I'm just this is the Vegas guy talking. Mm-hmm. I'm not the rodeo guy or anything like that. 
But a lot of, uh, if I talk to you about the NBA, NHL, and, and to understand that they do their, a lot of their networking business here. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it opens, like for instance, I just kind of bring it up, I don't know if you guys will follow basketball, but when LeBron James went to the Miami Heat, that all craziness, right? Mm -hmm. That happened here in Vegas. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. when you started thinking about rodeo, to Joe's point, you got people that have been in pockets all through the season, mm -hmm. and now you guys are in one spot for like two weeks. I'm pretty sure there's been new business deals done oh, here. Oh, there's things just that tons of stuff of, yeah. done. And that's the way it needs to be, and that's why it's so good to be in Vegas. Yeah. You know, they talk about moving it here, moving it there. They're like, no, 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 no. Wait, don't, no, no, don't. No. Get, you know, go go away with that. Yeah. Because, number one, what are you going to do with that with with that many people at night, yeah. you know, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of jails full because they, they're gonna be bored. And then, you know, when we're bored, we do stupid things. You know, I can only have so many people at my RV. That's you know what, what I'm mean? talking Every, about. The hey, road, hey, the porch no. is gonna go down. You yes, know, what I mean? the after party. I don't know Ooh, that I can handle 178,000. Yeah. I've gotten close a couple there, of times. There's, there's no way they can have it anywhere but here. And you know, okay, so. Obviously, I've grown up. Unfortunately for me, fortunately, I guess my first rodeo was NFR. You know, I'm not a cowboy. You were spoiled right? from the get go. Good totally. Gosh. And mm -hmm. I've been so now over the time with LVE, you've been to a lot of rodeos, yep. right? And a lot of favorites. I, I've got to tell you, Pendleton was my favorite. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Oh yeah. Um, but yet to your point, what what I don't like is when it's done. Where do we go? Like we're all like, oh man, uh, you know, we're trying to figure places yep. out. In Vegas, like it's just. Well, you can take a roulette wheel and say... Yeah, you go here, there, yeah, yonder. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just throw a dart somewhere and go. Oh, and that's what I mean. There, there's no way to move this caliber of a rodeo. No. It, it, did it need to step up? Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it was time money needed to start we coming on. We know mission you know? accomplished. Yeah, it that's done, right. Yeah. It got done, threat, so everybody... A bunch of bull crap. Now let's go it, rodeo it's, from, it's, from it's now It's done, on. and now they know, I think when it comes time again, just step it up and keep moving just, because yeah. you know what? Everybody's benefiting. Absolutely. You know, uh, Hedeman said yesterday, or I don't know, whatever it was last Saturday, uh, he said, uh, "Rodeo is, or Vegas is rodeo." Yeah, you know, yeah, Vegas just, is finals. The NFR, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the best of the best is Vegas. Yeah, you go to any rodeo in the world. My dad almost wouldn't go to. He wouldn't hardly go to. Uh, we live ninety miles from San Antonio. Oh man, he wouldn't even go to watch hardly there. He, he said once he came out here the first year, yep. he told me he said, "Don't look at me for me no rodeos." He said that town and that rodeo is the best. You know what I mean? That's the way <laughs> yeah, he yeah, felt. Yeah. And he was a hardened old, you know, just an old guy that didn't. He wasn't impressed. He didn't stay out all night. You know, yeah. I did all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had to wake you up. But he, you know, that's what he felt, and that's what people. Yeah, take you a walk down through this convention yep. center oh, one day. Wow. Just oh, walk man. down through there and see the variety of people now yeah. in the crowd. Isn't it, yes. Robbie? It's not just hats and boots anymore. No, it's no. people come to watch the rodeo because they know the Vegas life and the rodeo oh, yeah. mesh so good that it brings people in that want to enjoy the lifestyle here and the rodeo. You're listening to NFR Extra with our guest. Eight-time world champion, Joe Beaver. Let's take a quick break before concluding our conversation. Every December, the eyes of the rodeo world are on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, the world's richest and most prestigious rodeo. And now you can follow the NFR all year long at nfrexperience.com. You'll find information on Cowboy Christmas and the Junior World Finals, unique blogs and content, access to NFR Extra, and much more. With the Stay in the Loop Club, you'll also have a chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas 2021 for the world's greatest rodeo. Don't get left in the dust. Stay in the loop, stay in the know, and win at nfrexperience.com. Hi, I'm Sherry Servey, and this is NFR Extra. NFR Extra with Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, Joe Beaver. When you had to step down from this, mm -hmm. 
How did you like treat Vegas? Not as the contestant, you had a little bit more. Did your lifestyle change? Did, did you did you evolve in doing what you were doing every day as a contestant? Or I think you have to be totally okay with being done. Yes. And then Vegas takes over the other way for you. Yes. You know, it's business for me. Yeah. It's fun this yeah. week. It's business. Yeah. But with you know, like uh, for instance, you you go start doing the the resist all you know luncheons that you didn't have time to do yep. for the rookies. You start doing shows like this when I didn't maybe had time because you had to honor your sponsors and all your stuff. I still do that, but it gives me more time. Yeah. yeah. And and I think to do that and be comfortable, you got to know when you walked away that you left it all in there. Now wow. there's a lot of guys that aren't like that. Yeah. You know, I mean when I. Was was done i was good i was through i was fine i didn't i didn't want to go and try to do what i couldn't do and trevor everybody's like he's gonna come back he's gonna come back he's winning and i said no he's not he's enjoying what he's doing most of them come back because they need the money that's true that's true and i got the best advice in my life and for them for young guys out there and i told dalen this while ago denny flynn many time national finals bull rider one of the nicest guys you'll ever be around he told me when i was younger and winning a lot he said hey i'll give you some advice so what's that he said while money's easy pay for everything yeah. And I said, what do you mean easy? He said, you win. You win a lot. It's easy. Pay for everything. Yeah. And I did. I, I started paying for everything. So because you know, at some point, that shooting star is going to drop. Oh, yeah. And when it drops, it's it's it, the only thing, the only thing or person I never figured out how to beat, Father Time. Oh, it's there, you can't. I could beat anybody else. I'm a part of that club. I don't care how good you wrote. <laughs> I or what, how good what you would. I figured out how to beat you my whole life. Yeah. But Father Time will beat you. Every and day. and it's Trevor's at a good point in his life. He's he has nothing to prove. Yep. He's enjoying himself. You know, I I like that. That's how I felt like I went out. Once I think that you've given it all and you've done all you can and you and you know that you've been successful and made something. Yep. You know, I think you're okay with it. I remember the first time I hurt my knee. I had you know five surgeries during my career and my mm. knee one knee and two on the other and back. You know, I mean all this stuff. But I remember the first time I hurt my knee. It was long years ago, maybe eighty eight or something eighty nine. Oh, wow. But I remember I was rehabbing and whining about it, you know, because I was young and stuff. And my dad come through there, and, and you know, we had a homemade uh, uh, PT, you know, in the barn, you know, oh, lifting yeah. this pulleys and hay, and you know. Uh-huh. And he come through and he said, "What's the matter?" And I laid it all out, you know. And he said, "Hey, you know, I can fix all this." And I said, "Well, lay your knowledge on me, there, Mister yeah, yeah. Smart Man." Yeah. And he said, "When you start back, he said, I want you to give forty percent for in your open from now on." Mm. And I kind of looked, and he said, now wait, he said, in 20 years, he said, you won't have no more surgeries, you won't hurt, you won't have any money, you won't, nobody will know who you are, and you will be unsuccessful, but you won't hurt. And I said, well, I don't want to do that. He said, then shut up, get after it, and give all you got. <laughs> Saddle that pony. So, you know, that's kind of how I walked yeah, away yeah. from it. You so, know, all right, I actually got a question on that, neat, though. Yeah. yeah, it is. And you've won 29 go-rounds yeah. at the NFR. Yeah. So, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Mm-hmm. How is your body doing today? Well, I'm paying for it today. Yeah, yeah. And like I tell everybody, I'm yeah. lucky because I, I this year I've had five surgeries. I have oh, four. Man. I got one more. Yep. But I put them off, you know, till I got everything. Shoulders, knee replaced, yeah. you know, all this stuff. But, you know, the w- when they all say, oh, sorry, man. Oh, that career got you. No, no, no. You don't understand. What if I had to have all this done when I needed my body to make a living? True. I yeah, did. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I was I was lucky. I was blessed to not have to do it. Yeah. Well, now you know what you do? Pay for it. Your time. Get it fixed. Yeah. You don't know why about it going about your life. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole, uh, you know, you, you live every day and you only die once. That's, That's it. Exactly. So, That's yeah. it. Yeah, we were talking about that. Leave yesterday. a good, leave leave a little bit left just to recognize yeah. you. Yeah. Look over there, Indian. You say, you know what? That guy had one hell of a good time. That's a, hey, that's all. And now I tell everybody, you know, you can't please everybody <laughs> all the time. 
but you can please yourself most of the time, and then you can look in the mirror and you're all right. Absolutely. I'm and, still in that, Joe. I like that. Hey, and I'm telling you, I've looked in that mirror before and ducked, you know, not knowing that guy is scared to death of that crazy looking son of a gun yeah, in yeah, there, yeah. you know? Yeah. But once you grow up and you grow through it and you grow out of it, you know, as long as you can please yourself most of the time, you can't worry about people all the time. Man. That's right. Let's take it back to when you came here. Okay. Where did you stay for the first few years? What? Who were you know, You know, it was cool because when I first started coming here a lot, you know, I ran with the crowd that we, you know, Buddy Spock ran the Stardust. Oh, you man. know, we stayed at the Stardust nice. and we had their full role, you know, and yeah. Steve Fexler was downtown at Minions. And, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. dude, we were, that you know. That comes up every, yes, it does. every interview. Between Buddy and, and Steve, we had the role of the town you know and it was it was you know there wasn't all the big ones down to rick and your red streaks were at the frontier what you couldn't get in there at night you know i mean it was unbelievable that's where back then that's where everybody went you know and everybody was there you saw everybody from the rodeo contestants you know, spectators. It was a cool that time. That was a hell of a long run, too. It wasn't oh, just a few years. What? They I mean, did that it was, for years, man. Yes, they were staples. Yeah. Most of them didn't quite get through it, but. Well, you know, <laughs> some of us did, some didn't. <laughs> so we've heard Sands. Uh, Gold Coast or yep. take a Barbie Coast, right? Yeah. We heard MGM. Now, remember, when he said MGM, that's the old MGM. Yeah, the one that yes, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Bali, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, and we stayed, we stayed at Stardust. Uh, let's see, the first year, the first year I stayed, believe it or not, we were way somewhere, way out at some little low. And you know, back then there wasn't all up and down the street. You could ride you a know? horse yeah. down the street. Yes, sir. You? I mean, yeah. it, there wasn't all this stuff around. Yep. So wherever it was, it was terrible far, and it was hard to get to. Whatever. And I met some guy that knew, uh, visiting with him at the road. He knew somebody owned it. He used to be called Alexis Park. Oh right? yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Hard Rock. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And he oh, yeah. got me, and back then that was Those a sweet. Oh, dude, it was living it up. This yes. is 85 we're talking about. That's a smart move, Joe. And so I got in right there at Lexus Park <laughs> for two years, you know. You got a condo. What? I had him. And the arena's right there. You could throw a rock, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, uh, Buddy Spock, and he took care of his stardust for years. Nice. And then Claude Kimberlin. Claude Kimberlin got with us all. Yep. We stayed at the Mirage and Treasure oh. Island. And, you know, I've been lucky. It's been a great ride. I've stayed a lot of good places. And then now, for the last 10 years, I work for the Boyd Group. Yep, you know, right. so and we do the night show for them, and we stay it there. So yeah. it's been it's been a good ride. How's that been at night? Like, how it's do you good, like closing that out the night? It's good, but it's a long grind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we were talking about it. Robin and I was talking about it earlier. You know, I, I do I do Western Sports Roundup four mornings. Yep. Um, you know, I do the the resist all lunch, and I do the 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 things I used to couldn't do, which I do now. It's good. Yeah. But it, I mean, the rodeo is a, you know it's a five ten five fifteen set call. Yep. You know, we and could we do I do the opening and I do the pre show and then I call the rodeo. Well, then over there at ten thirty. Yep. You know, and and you don't have time to. I've got just enough time not to have time. You know, and you see yeah. all these people you had not seen in years. They want to go have dinner. My Australian buddies are here, Hawaii people. And, you know, I go sit down, I have a drink. By the time bringing food, I got to go. You know, I take yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But, but on the backside of that, you have to appreciate that too. Oh. Because when you stop having, you know, the gigs or the, or the yeah, wants, yes. then, you know, you're on the backside of it. So, you know, I take it in stride. I love yeah. doing it. I have a good time with it. Um, It'll like, end one day. You're dang right. It's just like your rodeo career, you know. And you and you, you got to be. I don't know. This one may hit harder if this one ends because I sure have a, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Talking about when I had the finals or you, when yeah. you were here. Yeah. My kids came out. Yeah. Thank goodness my mom and dad came out to watch them because. They were like, Dad, we're kind of glad you don't have that anymore because we never got to see you. Exactly. You think there's about a four-hour span between, you know, the cowboy nap at two. Yep, that's right. Oh, really? I wouldn't do that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you will. You will. I promise you will. You will. Because the you're more than five o'clock. Yeah. 
Leave me alone for three hours. Yeah. That's my. That's the time I really? sleep. You know, the last. Man, my body's funny with that. Two or three oh, years, oh, I was yeah. here, or maybe more. Trevor and I would ride out together. Yeah. And and a, and a car a limo from the hotel together. We stayed in the same place, and we'd meet about you know five thirty or, or six. And he yeah. he was he got me there early. He was there early and stuff. Right. You know, a lot during the early years when I couldn't find yeah. my car and stuff. To, <laughs> I've lost know. a car to my keys before here. So <laughs> let me tell you, we rolled in. One morning, I don't. We I woke up. I had, you know, I wore knee braces. You right. know, because I had knee yep. problems, surgeries from the time I was young. Yeah. So I always kept my knee braces and my number, my number and my knee brace bag. Well, out there, you know, you can't get on the grounds without a number. You no. can't. Yep. Y'all don't care if you're turning your bull we're out. We're talking you. about Sean Davis's rodeo. Bucks, we're talking about. It. We're talking about. Yeah. That's right. It's it's a production. Around it. Production. <laughs> yes. So we wake up one day and me and Ricky Canton and a couple more together. And I, oh, it's, you know, it's our cowboy nap time. Though. Well, then mm-hmm. back then we slept from daylight through the cowboy nap. So yes. about 4, 35 o'clock, we get up and get to shower and we go, you know, time to go to the rodeo. And we, I said, Rick, you got the keys to the car? And he said, no, you had them. Said, no, I didn't. I didn't oh, have them. gosh. So oh, I called JD and I said, JD, you got the keys to the car? And he said, no, y'all dropped me off. <laughs> so I called down front valet. I said, hey, did y'all have a red whatever we had back is a red something? And he said, and I said, do y'all have a car in my name? You know, well, no. I said, well, do you have a, he said, what's your, your number? I said, well, I don't have a number. I'd find my car. I need, yeah. you know. Yep. He said, no, we don't have anything like that. So I called my other two guys with us, and they said, Joe, last time we we all pulled up to the hotel Stardust back then. Yeah. He said, to the revolving door, he said, you were driving. Oh, so I call that guy back down again. Well, by now, it's 545. Rodeo starts 645. Oh, my God. I need my number, my knee braces for sure. You know, we got to have a lot of tape, if not. Yeah. So I call oh. back down there, and I tell that guy, I said, look. He said, look, man, the guy that works tonight, works from 6 to 6, is going to be here in about 15 minutes. He nice. said, we'll ask him. So now it's 6.05 before I get a hold of him, oh you know? Gosh. And I said, look, guy, I, I've got a mind. I tell him my story, you know, and yep. stuff. And he said, hold on just a second. He comes back and he says, "Can you describe this car?" So yes, red. He said, "That ain't gonna do it." He said, "But he said, but at four forty-five this morning, we found one running with all the doors open, sitting on the sidewalk by the revolving door." I said, "That's my car." Yeah, I guarantee. He said, "Wiki, you got it. You got it." Tell me somebody. I said, "Go open the trunk, and if you find a bag, he said, stop, stop. I don't want to know what's in the bag." <laughs> don't so open it. you know, it's That's been a awesome. different call at the Vegas between then and now. But uh, when I, it's it's something you appreciate and enjoy. Yeah. And like you said, now it's the other part of it. Yeah. But it's okay. We're bartending in here, right? Yes. Hey, I feel <laughs> it's, like being, it's like being in the bar in the 80s. Yes. You can just go back and tell it like it is because they choose to get on here and listen to this. We're not forcing them. We want to give a huge thanks to Donnie Gay and Joe Beaver for visiting us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas, where the big boys roam. With the Rovers and the Racers and the Bulls and the Browns. And the ladies in the skin-tight ringers and the cowboy 